0: Thanks for joining me, everyone, on a new episode of the Music Reviewer Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. This is going to be uh, a new installment of Talking Tracks, episode four, which this is just the infrequent newish segment we have on here where I just take a handful of tracks, get my thoughts on them. That's pretty much the gist of this uh, from various artists. Also, of course, if you're familiar with the podcast, uh, in a sense, This is also incorporating um, Best and Worst Track of the Week, the older segment that I used to do every week. Um, Of course, that one was uh, taking the Best and Worst Track from the Billboard Hot 100 of each week. Uh, This episode features um, three weeks' worth of that at the very end in a very condensed form where I just literally give the Best and Worst Track of the Week. Uh, For this episode of Talking Tracks, we're covering the week of September 4th, September 11th, and uh september 18th so yeah three weeks worth lots to talk about in there because we're covering the album bomb from kanye west with donda and then also drake's certified lover boy album bomb so stick around if you want to hear some of my thoughts on uh, some of that stuff but anyways yeah talking tracks is the pretty much the start of the show though we're just talking about some Cool songs that I think are interesting and all that stuff. But anyways, uh, just before we get started, just want to let everyone know uh, a new album review did drop. Um, you know, about a week ago probably more than a week ago at this point I haven't been as productive as, as I wanted uh, for the latest foxing album draw down the moon at this point this album's a little bit more than a month old but I thought there's some interesting stuff to cover on there it was a interesting album for the band completely different than what they presented on the last one uh, by a lot I think they've kind of like condensed or made their sound a bit more concise and maybe a little bit more accessible but yeah if you have some time check out that album from Foxing draw down the moon Uh, From the Emo Indie Band from Missouri. And uh, also check out the album, if I didn't say that already. But other than that, no other announcements other than I did drop Pressure Machine uh, album review for The Killers, if you somehow missed that. Um, And then, uh, I don't know, this episode of Talking Tracks is being recorded uh, technically very uh, late uh, Wednesday night, uh, or I guess early Thursday morning of the 17th of september i don't know when exactly this is going to come out probably a few days after the recording but i might also try to sneak in an album review or something around that time um but anyways yeah this is probably just going to go on the youtube side if uh you does anyone ever does want this on the podcast side let me know i can easily upload it uh but for the time being probably just going to go on the youtube side but anyways Uh, Let's get to the gist of this episode of Talking Tracks. Alright, so first track this week is from the uh, artist Caribou uh, with You Can Do It. This is, uh, I guess, a newer single from the um, experimental project from uh, solo artist Dan Snaith. I believe that's how you say it. Very talented man uh, that's uh, had, you know, this sort of interesting project that's been experimental with various genres thrown in, uh, mainly electronic music, but, but I guess various influences and, you know, instrumentation going on in the music. Uh, it's one of those electronic things that uh, someone can play with a live band. And it, from the stuff I've seen online with the, the live performances, it sounds pretty good. and It seemed like a pretty fun time. But anyways, uh, Caribou released an album in 2020 that I, I guess I somehow missed. I think it was very early on before the podcast even was uh, around in 2020 that uh, I wish I would have covered because that was probably one of my favorite albums from that year. Um, you Can Do It is the name of the single. Um, kind of like a more instrumental based track. Um, even Sometimes or most of the time, I guess some of the songs have vocals, traditional vocals. But this track kicks off with like a vocal sample snippet, kind of with like this hot chip sort of vibe going on uh i do dig the dense synth progression that guides the track it gives it a vibrant modern sort of edm like charm sort of like similar to maybe what Avicii would have done uh, perhaps, and the track builds up and becomes quite dense and lush texturally, nice smooth melodies run throughout the track It's not bad, uh, but it's maybe not as captivating as other caribou tracks I've heard in recent memory, and once again, it's kind of like a non-traditional sort of caribou track Even though I'm not all too familiar with the discography, uh, no traditional vocals on here It's just a very straightforward EDM sort of based instrumental, but it's a good track uh, Next one is by the band Pond, Human Chorch um, Hermit Human Touch. I don't know why I meant Torch. Uh, But um, Pond, uh, the Australian band, some of the members formerly of Tame Impala, I think. um, Don't really know when exactly that album is dropping, but it seems like it should probably be coming any day now. This track is pretty cool. There's an upbeat new wave sort of flavors uh, to this, like 80s, if you will. The track features some driving and distorted textures on here, a rigid mechanical nature to it as well. Uh, and I dig how synth-reliant the track is, traditionally they're more of like a psych rock band. Uh, there's also a charismatic performance that also fits into like this 80s new wave charm, maybe like some light Devo influence in there. Uh, pretty cool track by them. Next one is by uh, the band Sleigh Bells, Justine Go Genesis, uh, this is a band I did some you know pretty intense listening to maybe in the early 2010s i did see them live one time and i was following their music up until a certain point i think maybe the latter 2010s when i maybe just kind of stopped being as interested but it seems like catching up with them now with this single they've kind of they're kind of involving their sound a bit Um, This track has like this buzzsaw lead guitar tone that kind of cuts through everything, but it's maybe not as big sounding as like traditional Sleigh Bells tracks. So they just use that big distorted, you know, amplified guitar tone on everything. Um, The track also features like this metal breakdown uh, throughout that kind of just re-emerges and it kind of gives the track an interesting flavor. Uh there's also like a hint of electronica thrown in with like the drum and bass influence, uh maybe like fat boy slim-like. I don't know if I just completely uh think about a like, different artist, but the track is maybe a little unorganized or all over the place, but it's at least consistently energetic throughout the runtime, so we'll see. I am at least a bit interested in what they're possibly working on uh in the next round of uh, album cycle or something like that. Uh, next one is from a band, Then I Trust, Sugar, the Canadian, uh, I think from uh, Quebec, uh dreamy indie, uh, dream pop band, uh, kind of, they just released a new album, I uh, have not heard all of it, but <clears throat> I believe this is from it, it's like one of the lead singles, uh, typical dreamy indie pop nature on here, there's a typical funk, uh, you know, pop slap bass lines. Then this track has like a more than usual trancy vibe, um, considering this is a Man I Trust track. It's usually pretty common, but this has a more so that, and um, it's a bit of like a there's like a hooky influence on here. Like it's very um, poppy, uh, if you will. But it's a pretty concise track. It's very pretty aesthetically and satisfying at least. But it's not much else to say. I've heard more interesting Man I Trust tracks. <clears throat> Next one was a track I was kind of looking forward to here, especially because I've kind of discovered this band in the past few years that I've, I've liked a lot of the music by uh, Mr. Twin Sister with Polvo. Um, first of all, they, this is sung in, Spanish, in the Spanish language, which I guess that's something I didn't realize the band was capable of doing, or maybe this is a one-off time with a different vocalist, but it sounds like the same vocalist. Uh, the track has like this pop, electro-funk, fusion to it. Maybe not as groovy as other twin sister tracks I've heard. Or mr twin sister tracks i've heard um i do really like the double vocals on the second verse it gives the track a lot of flavor and the material on the bridge that's structured by like ambient synths and vocals uh that was nice as well Wish that section was developed a bit more and it was just a bit more present on the track but the track is quite dancey at least um in like an lcd sound system sense next one is from a band i don't think i've talked about before night visions by the technicolors um, they're a band that's been around for a few years now. That kind of has like this cult uh, underground following. Uh, nothing like too crazy, but they definitely have. But they definitely have a discography under the belt that has a lot of merit. Um, a nice opening bass groove that structures this track. A gritty and distorted bass groove that pretty much makes up most of the song. Uh, a nice dancy and upbeat all rock flavor to this, maybe with like some hints of Phoenix and the strokes. Uh, charismatic vocals, I really like the descending melody that was written on the chorus. Uh, a nice dynamic contrast on the bridge as well with like these Tom York like falsetto vocals that are just kind of, you know, thrown in there fresh sounding track in a sense not much alt rock sounding like this all too often anymore but and, you know just there's just various influences on here that, that are just nicely used so yeah pretty cool track by the Technicolors uh next one was an interesting one from the band Tennis with Borrow Time uh they this is like a one-off single that I think they did for like the latest Rick and Morty season um it's a little uh, a little less produced compared to like their latest material of recent memories. Surprise, like, this track is mainly structured by, like, the simple acoustic guitar, you know, progression, chord progression. Like, there's less emphasis on, like, these loud, prominent drums that are typically featured on a tennis track, or, like, signature lead guitar lines that are, like, you know the main staple of tennis music uh leaves out like the hookiness you'd get on most of their tracks so this definitely doesn't feel like a pop track uh but i really do like the angelic vocals on here <clears throat> and this is typically very low-key and ambient for the band so it's interesting at least uh next one was from mario judah I remember your name mario judah's definitely been buzzy for the past couple of years but i think it's been slowed down in a sense because uh the, they, the, the artist just hasn't been putting out much or just I guess other artists have been taking the limelight in a sense because they are a bit of like a meme artist um, but you know uh, <clears throat> but this track is very uh, very interesting in the sense that uh, there's just a lot of things that I'm questioning for one uh, they sound like they're Oscar the Grouch uh, like the, the voice that they put on uh, on this track, is not typical of what you'd hear on Mario Jutta tracks, uh, but it just sounds like Oster the Grouch wanted to make like edgy trap music, some angsty, almost juvenile, like teenage rage lyrics and presence. You know, kind of like uh, you know, I'm going to my room, fuck everything. Uh, some interesting sung vocal like chants buried in the mix would have been a little bit more interesting if that was brought out in the track. Uh, But the vocal delivery is just bad, with the raspiness and all, and it's just a bit of an anomaly for this artist. I really hope they don't build on this sound. Next one was from uh, Andy Schauff, Spanish on the Beach. Uh, Not too familiar with Andy Schauff, other than I know a couple songs, and I was just interested to just listen to this one. Uh, Digging the light brass textures that are thrown in on here, appropriately used in an ungeneric fashion, I feel like. Mainly since there's like this Neo-Soul resurgence, uh, just Brass is making this comeback in the most unflattering way. Uh, Just like completely copy and pasted from when it was used, like in the, I don't know, the 60s and 70s when like Soul was like huge. Uh, But anyways, uh, a bit hard to get into with, you know, how laid back and relaxed this track can be. Uh, The riff that structures the track can be a bit repetitive and sleepy. Andy's vocals are quite sensitive and subtle, so you can kind of hear, you know, if you really pay attention to what, you know, the the specific inflections that he's good at doing. It's an interesting track. He's a good singer-songwriter if you want to get into, like, someone that has a unique folk-like flavor to their music. And um, last track by Holly Humberstone with uh, the track Scarlet. Holly Humberstone is, like, this newer uh, singer-songwriter, indie alt sort of artist that is from Britain. Uh, They've caught my attention with, like, some recent singles that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, Falling Asleep at the Wheel, for instance, was kind of like this alt-rock radio, contemporary alt-radio sort of hit, I believe, in 2020 that I heard quite frequently. Uh, uh, You know, it kind of got my... And it kind of got my attention to the point where I was like, okay, well let's see what Holly's doing on this new track. Um, And I kind of dig it. Uh, There's some signature 80 synth textures that I find interesting. I like the driving drum machine and rhythmic synths that enter uh, in the chorus. The double vocal lines are lovely. They're kind of like lord like in a sense. Uh, And it's it's pretty standard indie pop, though. It's certainly not anything super original. Uh, I can't tell if there is a guitar solo uh, that we're listening to, uh, you know, on the instrumental breakdown. But I, I thought that was maybe the most... Questioning part of the track, but it, it's quite blown out and distorted for some reason. But overall, the track is nicely put together. It's a cool track. It's interesting. Uh, I'd like to see <clears throat> more of what Holly's doing in the future. Mm. But yeah, that kind of concludes the batch tracks we're doing on this episode of Talking Tracks. Uh, other than that, we'll see what other we'll see what other tracks we will cover in the next batch of tracks. I'm trying to do these maybe a couple times a month. Hopefully, maybe three times a month. Uh, just see how fast. Uh, We'll just see how often I can gather about 10 or so tracks that I want to talk about. Uh, but now we'll just pretty much jump to the Best and Worst Track of the Week portion. Uh, like I said earlier, this is just uh, the basically like the new version of Best and Worst Track of the Week, where I'll talk about three weeks uh, on this episode in very condensed form. I'll just talk about the chart a little bit, and then also the literally the Best and Worst Track from those weeks, and that's pretty much it. Um, so if you want to Check it out, stick around, because I'll be getting into uh, a little bit of what I think about Donda and Certified Lover Boy. But anyways, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Alright, so we're going to go ahead and start out with uh, the week of September 4th. Um, Before we get into that, I just want to just pretty much talk about some highlights that I found interesting on the chart. Um, uh, Right now, on the latest chart, um, on the Billboard Hot 100, Way Too Sexy is the new number one on the chart. Um, that's not all too surprising, it's super relevant right now. Uh, Drake kind of just shit on the whole chart, especially in the top 10 with the certified lover boy. And I guess the pretty much the best known song at this point, with like a video supporting it, is way too sexy. Kawhi Leonard's on it for some reason. Um, but yeah, yeah, Drake just completely obliterated the top 10 with nine Sox songs on it. So, nine out of ten are literally from certified lover boy. That will probably change uh in the coming weeks but yeah the, the past week's top 10 has been fairly consistent prior to that with like i don't know like doja cat and olivia rodrigo staying in there with little nas x and some kid laroi and justin beaver um that's completely gone uh, it's interesting to see how that re- that will restructure next week Uh, Some other highlights fancy like by Walker Hayes is down to 21. I really hope that's not just because of this week I really hope it's finally declining But I did find it a little bit interesting that some tracks like begging by main skin only dropped down to 39 Which wasn't that much of a drastic drop. Honestly, I figured um, It for a track like this that is kind of like a one-hit wonder. I'm thinking at this point Uh, it will it would have dropped a bit more significantly, but it doesn't seem like uh, it's going away anytime soon if i didn't love you by carrie underwood and jason aldean up to 43 i thought that was interesting because it gained this week i guess country radio is really hitting on it uh U time up to 72 which i think was by uh by scotty mccreary uh, a name that's pretty mid-tier in the country genre apparently that track is doing well uh relatively well uh don't go yet down to 93 uh, the latest uh, pretty unflattering track by Camila Cabello Camila Cabello don't go yet down to night three hopefully it's gone soon i I think it maybe will have a bit of resurgence, but hopefully it's not catching on I'm praying it doesn't catch on um, a lot of the stuff by don uh, from Donda Kanye West uh, latest album dropped out or went down quite significantly in the chart. Um, so uh, we'll talk about more about that here in a sec Heartbreak Anniversary finally dropped I really hated that track uh, by Gibian. Uh and then some dropouts from the chart from the past few weeks Splining Lights, uh, Glad You Exist by Dan and Shay that's finally out on the Ocean dipped out yeah, it kind of had, it had its 15 minutes and definitely checked out Permission to Dance, the latest uh, single by BTS, did that last on the chart all that long, especially compared to their most recent one, Butter? Uh, that's out. Uh, Paper Cuts uh, by MGK, the latest single he dropped, lasted only a week. Brainwashed by Atomic McDonald, out after a week. Steal My Love by Dan and Shay, that probably one of the worst songs I've heard this year, uh, dropped out as well after one week. So, at least some of the songs that I really think are shit uh, are dropping out. So that somewhat makes me, uh, reassured, I don't know, but anyways, yeah, let's go ahead and get into, uh, the best track of September 4th, and worst track, we always start on the worst track, to end on a positive note, um, yeah, you know, this was a pretty forgettable week, there was just a bit of, like, the deluxe version from Rod Wave on this, uh, and the Trippy Red album, which I thought was a lot better than, you know, I was expecting there's a track from Ed Sheeran on here that's I think out and uh already and then Clinton Kane if anyone knows that name they keep on coming in here and there but yeah worst track of this uh week is by Sean Mendes and Taney this is a pretty bland track that I think kind of missed its stop it should have probably been released earlier in the summer, I'm thinking, because it was obviously meant to be a summer track, but it's, it's just very stale-sounding. Uh, Mendes' vocals are quite smooth and breathy, which fit the track nicely, uh, but the, the, the lyrics are just very basic and tropey. It sounds like they're written in 15 minutes. Um, the instrumentals are rather unengaging. All of it just builds up to this overly-forced, hooky-thin guitar line that doesn't deserve to be the vocal line of the track. Just seems a very low effort, honestly. And this track is just unimpressive. Doesn't really make me more interested in Taney, nor informed on what he brings as a producer that's distinguishable either. Uh, it's just a bad track, and I really hope it never hear it again. Uh, Betrayal featuring Drake and Trippy Red. Best track of the week. Um, honestly, there wasn't much competition, but um, yeah, I, I was just super. Uh, fascinated with the fact that I am liking some of the trippy red stuff, but but yeah, this is just a very vibrant track. Trippy manages to go through uh, the whole entire thing without being obnoxious, which is a rarity. His typical vocal presence and vocal timbre doesn't sound like he has a stuffy nose on here, so uh, that's good. His charisma and energy, uh, and he has a lot of charisma and energy on this performance. Uh, the transition we get into Drake's verse is well timed and colorful. His verse sounds like Vintage Drake when he was a little bit more angsty and youthful. And I dig the lush synth-based instrumental. It gives the track a, you know, a lot of uh, vibrance textually, and I really dig this track. Um, and you know, give, give the album a shot too if you're relatively mm-hmm. interested in Trippy Red, because a lot of the singles I heard were actually more interesting and better than I expected. So yeah, that's the Best and Worst track for September 4th. Let's go ahead and go to the week of September 11th. Uh, yeah, this was Donda. Um, what, what I pretty much got from this is, one, pretty much the whole album entered, but uh, this was a very mid-tier album. Usually I'm not too pressed by Kanye, which is probably a hot take. I don't dislike Kanye, but uh, there's certainly some tracks that I'm really left unflattered with. There's a That was pretty much the case on a lot of this album, but there were some tracks also that I can't lie um, that I thought were interesting. For instance, the track God Breathe, I thought was pretty engaging. And then also Off The Grid, I thought was a pretty interesting track as well. But also from this week, uh, the Halsey track, which I think was the only thing to debut from her album, uh, was nice as well. You can definitely hear the um, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor sort of influence on there. Uh, I'm not a woman, I'm a god. So yeah, honorable mention on that track, even though it's already out of the Hot 100. And yeah, I forgot to also mention, from the week of September 4th, I actually liked that Skrillex, Justin Beaver, and Don Toliver track, Don't Go, if anyone is interested in a Skrillex and Justin Beaver track. But anyways, yeah, back to September 11th. Yeah, the, the Halsey song was pretty good. I almost gave that best track of the week. And then a handful of the Kanye stuff I actually dug. But anyways, uh, worst track of the week from this uh, week is Lord I Need You by Kanye West. Uh, the... the the margin of like being worst track of was super thin. I really had to think about this, and this song pretty much includes all the stuff that just annoys me by Kanye. Uh, the over implementation of the gospel Sunday service choir. The uh, it sounds uh, literally the snippet or whatever recording they got from this choir ended up managing to sound like the worst elements of like Sam Smith wailing and taken directly from like one of their songs somehow and it's just the most obnoxious thing I've heard on track and unfortunately the Sunday service is heavily implemented on this track it's literally like the main staple of this it's rather you know uninteresting Uh, you know it's there's minimal instrumentation with like these hazy synths in the background that are really uninspiring. They're literally just laid down there. For I guess giving the track some sort of texture. Uh, but the track is pretty straightforward. It doesn't develop much from what we get in the first 40 seconds of the song. The track has little to no edge. It's just a bit boring. Despite trying to be a forced cathartic track. With like a religious tone. And usually it does not line up with my taste. When Kanye does that. And yeah best track of the week. I really tried giving it to a Kanye track. But I just could not uh really justify uh the best track being worse than you know something like god breathe or off the grid uh especially with this being a unusual or just not a very regular occurrence on the hot 100 we got a collab called family ties with kendrick lamar and baby keem now the baby keem album at this point has been released but back when the hot 100 uh, had this chart released this was a track that debuted it on here uh and yeah this is a pretty cool collab there's another track that dropped uh with the two i think they're actually related uh but the track is just you know it's, it's fun there's a synth horn bass beat um baby keem opens the track up uh with like this a bit of like a minimal stripped down instrumental um there is a nice beat switch like a you know a third into the track, it's nicely timed and overall quite colorful. And then ultimately we get another beat switch. This time with like a dark and ominous mood. Kendrick sounds quite manic on this. Lots of character changes and that's kind of like what led me to make this best track of the week because it's just Kendrick going off and being quirky and then just a very unique rapper uh, and just kind of just like flexing on what they're capable of doing. And not sounding totally bland and unoriginal So yeah uh, Baby King and Kendrick Lamar Good track on there with Family Ties uh, Best track of the week goes to that one For the week of September 11th Alright so now Last uh, week of best or worst track of the week For this episode uh, And yeah this is a certified lover boy week With uh, the week of September 18th um, Not really too much on here other than the Drake album, there was a track by Lil Uzivert and Meek Mill that I thought was okay. But yeah, um, I, I really, d- after listening through this album a little bit more, um, th- there are some really nice high moments, like we'll get in best track of the week. Uh, but there's some things that I understand why there's certain Drake criticisms. Uh, you know, a lot of the track was mid or just a bit uninteresting. And there's a lot of tracks, so when you have a lot of tracks and that's going on, you know, it can make for a dragged out listen. But yeah, we'll start with the worst track of the week. Uh, this was Get Along Better featuring Ty Dolla Sign by Drake. Um, uh, just just a tough track to get through. Uh, it's just one of those very mid-tempo, slow down R&B tracks that uh, Drake is really trying to do something. Like he's channeling Chris Brown or something. Um it's not best. It's not the best R&B performance by Drake. He's done way better, obviously, you know. Um, there's several examples that I can think of, but for some reason I can't actually name them. I mean, if I just have to be super mainstream, just hold on, we're going home. Uh, but yeah, this is miles away from that in the worst way. <clears throat> First of all, on the track, there's like these synth organ textures that just overload the mix and are overutilized. Um, they can be a bit abrasive as well, so it just kinda makes for an ugly sounding track. Uh, the repetitive groove is pretty static and uninteresting. There's really no variation. And the, yeah, the instrumental is just really drab because of that. And Ty's feature is super ominous and unimpactful. Uh, it's a very weak sounding track, and I really don't know, also, yeah, again, why is Ty Dollar Sign featured on here? He's really not bringing much to the track. So yeah, I thought that was probably the weakest track on this album uh other than that uh best track of the week i really thought was nice um probably my favorite best track of the week from this uh batch of three weeks uh i 2 featuring kid cuddy by drake um <clears throat> really digging the lush and full synth bass on this track it kind of reminds me a bit of like the last kid cuddy album but just maybe developed a little bit differently cuddy's aesthetic and vibe completely you know just encapsulates this track uh, it sounds more of like a Cuddy track uh, than anything, which I thought well, is one of the main reasons why I thought this track was probably one of the best tracks from the album, just because it sounds like it's just, com- it's a completely different creative direction than what the rest of the album is, honestly, and I think Kid Cudi's to uh, thank for that, honestly. Drake actually sounds good, too, with like the longer, smoother vocal presence that he's kind of imitating Cuddy. Uh, With and uh, there's a nice bouncy flow that he switches to when he's rapping the rapping makes sense on here Some sparkly synth embellishments that color the track nicely off the route as well Just an organic sounding smooth track doesn't seem forced It just seems very natural and it's probably maybe my favorite track from this album I love the fuzzy exposed synth bass that's presented on here as well uh, as the ending is quite uh, colorful and Dynamic, so yeah, it's a good track really like this and i wish drake would maybe try doing more of this but anyways yeah that's best track of the week um for the week of september which is pretty much this week september 18th kind of a long episode but uh, glad we got to it all if anyone ever has some suggestions go ahead drop them in the comment section and yeah if you join me to the very end of the episode thanks for doing that Make sure to um, follow me somehow, subscribe on YouTube, like and subscribe if you want to. Uh, Follow me on your preferred listening service, preferred streaming service actually, where the podcast is on. TuneIn, Spotify, whatever. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening and take care of yourselves.